You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. So today on the podcast, we welcome a new guest for you, someone with a bit of ice in her veins, but certainly not in her heart. But before we get into it, over to Libby for the bulletin. Before we get started today, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live and record, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. In this week's bulletin, it was announced Natalie Bassingthwaite, Paulini, Rob Mills, Brittany Shipway, Alexander Lewis and Mark Furs are set to star in Chess the Musical, touring Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth and Brisbane from April to June 2021. Tickets are starting from $85 and you can head to their website www.chessmusical.info for more information. In other news, Entertainment One is set to film a pro shot recording of Come From Away, featuring the original Broadway cast, and it's set to release in September. If you are wanting to get your fix before then, don't forget to grab tickets to the Melbourne season, playing until the 21st of March at the Comedy Theatre. For more information, head to comefromaway.com.au. One of the most talked about productions of the year, Frozen, has announced its move to Melbourne. The show will premiere at Her Majesty Theatre from the 9th of June 2021. To book tickets, head to their website www.frozenthemusical.com.au. Now back to you, Tori. We are lucky to be joined by Frozen's Sam Hagen. She is currently performing at the Capitol Theatre, where she is not only part of the ensemble, but she also gets to understudy Elsa. Not only part of the Disney phenomenon, she has also performed as Elle Woods in Legally Blonde with Chapel of Chapel, which she received a Green Room Award nomination for Best Lead Actress in a Musical. Sam has also been involved in some new works such as Rock Rhapsody, Music of Queens, Spill Delicious, Rhythm of Life and All Aboard. Recently, she performed in the new Australian production of Jack Frost playing Violet Flowers. With an extensive resume including shows such as Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, Kinky Boots, Ghost and King Kong live on stage, we thought there was no one better to have on the show. Please welcome Sam! Hi! Hi! You guys make me sound great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not too hard to do. It's been, um, yeah, when you say it that way and you go, you kind of like someone else reads your resume too, you're like, oh, I think I've done okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I mean, I think you have done okay. <laughs> just just a little bit, you know, nothing too much to boast about. I mean, you're always thinking about the, like, the project you're doing on the next one and sometimes it's like you do kind of go actually – yeah, like I, I've been pretty insanely lucky and to have done some stuff so far. So it's quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's why we're here. How have you been? So I can see you're currently sitting at the Capitol Theatre. Yes, but uh... <laughs> the internet at the theatre is better than my internet at home. So I was like, I'll just do it here. Um, yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been pretty good. The show's going um, exceptionally well. It's just to, I mean, to do a show on its own, like getting to do what you love in any context is kind of amazing with getting to do what you love like on the tail end fingers crossed of a pandemic is kind of it's next level and it's like it's never lost on me or any of the company or the crew or the creatives just how insanely lucky we are and the show's you know so joyous and so fun to do that it's kind of it's it was already going to be easy to come to work because everyone was like we're doing a thing so but the fact that it's such a like wonderful show that has such a great reaction from audiences and the general public it kind of is just it makes it that much better (laughs) it is and it's I think it's I think you were the first big show that I've seen back at theater I went and saw it a few weeks ago yeah and it was just like and I spoke about this recently. It was just like, I really never thought we were going to get to see big stage, like big theatre again. It just felt like it was never going to happen. I know. So it was really amazing, not only to see it, but to see such a bright, exciting, energetic 
show just absolutely full of love and you could really tell how much the entire cast is a family oh god yeah absolutely I think um I mean there was a point obviously like we got delayed by six ish months I think originally we were supposed to open at the Capitol uh I think it was the 7th of July and then we ended up opening yeah at the beginning of December so sort of when we got that delay um it was really lovely Paula who's um in charge of our Frozen team who works at um, Disney, sort of we had a big Skype meeting on the day that we were supposed to open and, you know, like they put together a cute little slideshow of like how things are going and sort of like it was like a, like our own little family gathering. So it's like <laughs> I think we've all felt um, very together and very tight since the show has been delayed so then actually getting to meet everybody in person. It was very hard on the first day to not run up to everybody and just go, oh, my God, hi, and just squeeze people because, of course, there's all yeah. this, you know, we've got to keep all the COVID <laughs> stuff in tune and all that kind of stuff. So it was yeah, really hard. But, you know, now that we're sort of in our little designated bubble and you have to partner with different people on stage and stuff like that, I think the second that we started doing the show in the room and on stage it just was like we were like, oh, no, 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 like we're in this family for a while. Like it's very, it's very special. It's solid. It's such a nice group of people. It's like the most wonderful cast. Oh, my God, everyone's so kind. It's fabulous. Oh, that's so good to hear. And and I'm so glad that you guys are finally doing it. Oh, my God, finally. We're going to Melbourne. Yes, I'm so excited. Yes, you're going to Melbourne. Oh, I can't wait to go home. (laughs) How exciting. I just sit on my couch. To do theatre in your own city is also the best yeah. because you get to live your normal life and then still get to work and it's incredible. I just, it's, it's that thing of like you wake up in your own bed and, you know, like I haven't because of COVID and restrictions and all this that and everything else, I haven't seen my partner since I went into quarantine, which was the 1st of October. <gasps> and I haven't seen my cat. Yeah. I just got That's... a new kitten and I literally was with him for like two and a half weeks and I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So to go home and actually wake up and be like, I'm in my house and, you know, there's always this positives and negatives of being on tour and, you know, getting to go and do the show in your home city is sort of just that much more special when you're sort of going to your cafe and then seeing your friends and you're, you know, you're representing your city. It's just, Sydney's great, but I'm very excited for Melbourne. (laughs) Yes, of course. Definitely. And I guess to, to jump straight into it, obviously you know, because you work pretty much mainly nights and then you have a couple of days during the week and obviously there'll be rehearsals here and there. Mm -hmm. But also during quarantine and lockdown, what are some top recommendations that you have for us, whether it be books, movies, plays, music, absolutely anything? I, um, I actually found in quarantine, I tried so hard to watch like new movies and new shows and this and anything else. And I kind of found that like in the irregularity of a pandemic I found it really hard to like take in a lot of new information so I tried I tried so hard everyone in the cast has been talking about it and I still haven't watched it but everyone's been talking about Bridgerton so I'm going to suggest it even though I've never seen it um but, but I was finding and still a little bit like finding a lot more comfort and sort of relaxation in uh either watching things I've seen before or listening to things that are kind of uh uh comforting to me so for example like Again, I'm going to talk about my partner, but um, he is a big Lord of the Rings fan. And so I have been listening to the audiobook of The Hobbit and sort of reading that again. So I'm going to make Aww. a little <laughs> suggestion to read The Hobbit. It's very much worth it. Um, but I do listen and did during the pandemic listen to a lot of um, podcasts. There was a lot of um, Hamish and Andy, all the Hamish oh, and Andy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. uh, I really liked uh, the Health Code podcast, which is by a YouTuber I really like called Sarah's Day and her partner, Kurt Tills. She's sort of a um, like a positive influencer and she kind of just looks at life really realistically and it's really, really nice. Yeah. Um, and the other one I could not and still have been listening to for a thousand years is My Favourite Murder because who doesn't love True, oh, like true crime MFM, yes. <laughs> that's Motorino's that's friend, favorite right? <laughs> oh my god I keep listening I I picked it up a friend of mine in kinky boots got me onto it and I just have not stopped and so it's no. sort of it's, it's they're comforting voices even though they seem to be slightly yeah. traumatic stories sometimes but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah big okay. MFM fan no <laughs> I I constantly rave about my favorite murder it is my favorite podcast yeah. other than my own but I got I'm really mad biased. at myself though because I keep powering through the minisodes and then I have none I'm like oh I have to wait for another week until I get another yeah. minisode now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Yeah, those are amazing recommendations. I can also, I hate to say it because Libby recommended it in the first episode of Bridgerton and I went, no, I haven't watched it and I'm not going to watch it. And now I've watched half of it and I have to kind of recommend it because it's actually kind of I really think it's good. one of those things, everyone's addicted to it and they're like, you just, it, they're like, it's like the first season of Parks and Rec, like just give it a minute and then you're going to get into it. So I kind of was like, I need to wait until yes. I have the time because we're sort of popping in and out of cover calls right now and so I kind of just need a day where I can sit on my couch and not move and just watch three or four episodes in one go to get into it but I'm still going to recommend it yeah. even though I haven't seen it yet yeah no 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 that's... <laughs> exactly and I think uh that's definitely something that I found a lot of people and I found myself during quarantine it's much it's much more comforting to kind of go back to something that you do already know yeah um just because it does you know that and also you know you're gonna enjoy it it's not like another disappointment yes as, yes, as awful the as best that sounds explanation for yeah. it it's like I just kept listening to uh, like I I could not listen to more Tori Kelly during lockdown if I tried but it was just like <laughs> I but I kept listening to the same albums over and over and I hadn't I that's the perfect way to describe it it's just like there is comfort in knowing what is going to happen in a storyline or knowing what note is coming next and I mean you know obviously there was a lot of yeah. I'm gonna sing through all the songs from Frozen in lockdown because it was a you know a light at the end of the tunnel for me but I think it is it's that thing of just I know what this is and so this is comfortable so I'm gonna watch Hannibal for the fourth time again like <laughs> yeah <laughs> no one judging Correct. me all right <laughs> now obviously you are currently in Frozen and you're doing incredibly well during a pandemic mm-hmm. at the moment but before that, how did you get into the world of theatre? Um, I sort of had, I think most people have that, like, you see a show and you go, oh, my God, I have to do that. And I kind of had two of those. I was, the first one was when I was, I think I was seven and I went to go and see Annie at the Capitol. I think it was at the Capitol. Um, and just sort of saw all the kids on stage and was like, turned to my parents. I was like, that, I want to do that. Because I kind of had always sung around the house and, I was not the most coordinated dancer, but tried to dance around the house. Um, And then when I saw (laughs) Annie, I kind of was like, this is the summary of all the things that I'd like to be doing. And then we opened the program and it had just happened to be like the team of kids that we had, like 98% of them went to Brent Street Studios. And so I said to my parents, I was like, cool, I'm going into theatre and I'm going to go to Brent Street. And they're like, oh God, okay. Um, (laughs) And then the other one was when we were at Brent Street and we were um, lucky enough to do like a... I'm going to say like a glamorous school camp. It wasn't school camp, but we did a trip where we went to um, America and sort of performed on a cruise ship and did this and that. But we had a couple of days in New York and I went and saw Wicked and it was, I was, I think I was just about to turn 12 and I, that was a big one. And I just went like, I always knew that I wanted to do theater. And then I saw that and I was like, oh no, 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 no. This is the kind of theater I want to be doing. So, um, and, you know, it's you kind of just, as you get older, you get constant, like, inspiration from things and other people. But it was always just those two, just of those, this is the thing, this is it. <laughs> it was those two shows, definitely. They yeah. spark it. And that's when when that fire Correct. gets in this. And it's good that it's in there. I mean, like, I think Tori and I both from a young age also, when I saw Wicked 2 and that was my, oh, my gosh. I'm oh, my God. Wicked was also <laughs> my moment. It's- it's the yeah. dream. It's just that you. It's the soundtrack that you listen to. It's sort of. I'm. I'm very emotional when it comes to shows anyway. But it's like you even put the soundtrack on of the overture in the car, and you just go, "I need to do it." Like it's just one of those yeah. shows. It was such a. I think <laughs> it was a turning moment for so many theater kids, just to be like, "Oh my god, this is this is where theater is heading." You know, like it was the. It completely changed the landscape of theater and it was so pop orientated and nothing else at the time was I think it was a big moment of oh my god for a lot of theater fans because it was just so different exactly exactly no so obviously in 2020 you began your run with Frozen Mm -hmm. um, and I guess you've kind of already covered this a little bit but how how has your experience with the show been so far it's been it's amazing it's it's the response you get from the audience, and this is something we were all slightly worried about because obviously um, in the theatre um, with our COVID safety guidelines, everyone has to wear a mask. And so, but we were a bit worried that people mm. having their mouths covered, we weren't going to be able to sort of hear everything. And then of, of course, you know, kids under a certain age don't have to wear masks. And so it's, you can, we were so thankful and so blown away by how much we actually could hear people 
thank god and so, you know yeah. we've had oh, wow. um we've had so many instances so far of kids like bursting out halfway through like there's kids that you can hear them singing along to let it go sometimes which is kind of amazing but um there's <gasps> so many so moments where you can hear the kids um like yelling out Elsa and Anna and the other night in um the ice freeze right at the end of the show um and you know Elsa's bawling her eyes out because she thinks that she's lost Anna and this little girl in the dead silence just went oh, Anna uh, and started bawling her eyes out. Oh, no. And it's just, oh don't expect God. that response. But, of course, kids have no filter and it's just the most, like, honest, no. just heartfelt reactions you can hear. And it's, you know, and there's also been some really cute ones. Like, Hans has come out and we've had little kids being like, oh, he's the baddie mum, that's the bad guy. Like, because they're just obsessed with the film, so they know all the characters. Yeah. But then, yeah. you know, yeah. talking to people at stage door or seeing, because, you know, we can't really do stage door, but we kind of, as we're walking to the car park, we'll sometimes see people on the way and they're like, oh, I can't come close to you, but the show yeah. is really good. And sort of, you know, seeing that it's also um, the older general public is enjoying it just as much as the kids because the story is so yeah. um so much deeper and more heartfelt so i think getting the connection from the older um sort of demographic has been really really nice and also it's it's disney's frozen like you know like you look around the set and yeah. i um discovered we're discovering things about the set all the time and the costumes and whatnot and i was doing i don't know if you're going to be able to see it but look out for it when we do um the coronation sequence in the Torchiers, there's little hidden Mickeys in the set and there's little Easter eggs throughout oh, really? the set. Yeah. So there's all these little ones no and, um, you know, like in um, Oaken's Trading Post, in all of his um, sort of clutter in the background, you know, there's like the Mary Poppins umbrella is there. And so there's all these little things that you kind of don't yeah. see. And so I was on stage and I was doing my wow. partner work with Mitchell and I just was – you know, in a slow-mo moment, just looking over here, I was like, oh, my God, that's a kid in Mickey. I've never seen that before. Like, it's sort of we're still discovering things about the show, which is so nice. Yeah. It's so nice. So Yeah, good. it's really fun. That's amazing. It's so exciting. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome because especially getting to see those little Easter eggs because um, every Disney fan secretly just gushes Oh, God, yeah. And so, like, we all do too. <laughs> like, we go, guys, we found a new thing. And, you know, there's all these little carvings on the set and somebody figured out what one, like, a new one is the other day. And it's like, you know, we're, we're just yeah. as excited and giddy about it as the general public are. <laughs> now, we did want to ask you a little bit about the audition mm -hmm. process for the show because – that being like it's a main stage musical but it's also a Disney yeah. musical what was the audition process like I um I didn't really see that many people until the end of the process it was quite long um so we found out that we had booked the show um in December it was like two days after I'd finished or two or three days after I finished Legally Blonde but we had started I did my first audition um in June <laughs> So, oh, wow. yeah, wow. it was a very long, very, very long process. Um, and so you kind of, you know, there were separate ensemble auditions and then there were standalone Elsa auditions and, you know, this, that and everything else. And it was very long. And I think from the moment you kind of stepped in the room, like the creative team, and we had some of the international, um, you know, sort of pre-COVID, of course, had the internationals on the panel and this, that and everything else. And yeah. I think um, we've all spoken about it a couple of times, but like it was such an open um, like giving environment immediately from the second you walked in the room. So, and the team were very good and very generous with um, what they kind of wanted to see and what they needed from you. Cause sometimes you walk into auditions and it's like, they give you material and they just want to see what you do with it. And then they go, okay, thanks very much. But it's, they were really, you could tell, you know, that cliche thing of you hear people say, you know, the panel wants it to be you. It's like, it's the first time in a really long time I've walked in and they were actually giving tips for people in order to get the parts and in order to get cast, which is really, really, really oh, wow. nice. Um, you know, yeah. we had a Charlie who came out and was a, is the uh, resident choreographer for the Broadway company. And he came out and um, was taught us the show uh, in lieu of Rob Ashford, who was stuck overseas. Um, and he was there during the audition process yeah. and he was really casual and laid back and like cracking jokes. And so it kind of, even though your brain is going, ah, I'm trying to get a show right now. Like you're also, yep. there was this sort of <laughs> mellow kind of chill, happy vibe about the entire audition process, which was really refreshing, especially when, you know, you go in and you've, you know, in my, <laughs> in my case, had Gemma sing Let It Go directly before you. 
going in and then you you don't you would oh, sometimes no. would walk in. yeah oh is correct <laughs> so, to, walk, to walk into a room and then have them you know be like oh my god how are you going and like having a chat and sort of making you mellow out and then oh. going okay let's do the thing yeah. is like really quite refreshing <laughs> yeah because there's there is nothing worse than walking in and you've just heard someone like belt their guts out and you're just like cool i'm following yeah. that i can do it but also they've just seen correct that. And you just have to go and just be like, whatever, I'm a different person. Like, you know, you have your own little chit chat with yourself. And like, to be quite honest, I'm half the time just like sitting outside the room with my straw, doing my straw work before I go in. So I kind of, I don't pay too much attention, but it's like, it's Gemma Ricks. So of course I'm going to listen to her because she's spectacular. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) yeah, it was just nice for them to be really chilled out and sort of make sure everybody had the time of day. It was a very in a weird way chilled but also intense audition process that's good at least you got you landed it we got it it's fine it worked out (laughs) and i mean not only did you land it because not only are you in the ensemble but you do also understudy for generics and right at the end of 2020 you actually got to go on for elsa How how was that what was that experience like i it took a couple of days to process it um because i think the gorgeous thing about Elsa is that everything kind of happens around you. It's the first role that I've done where, um, you know, like people are constantly approaching you and then all of the lovely magic effects happen around you. So you kind of, in a weird way, don't really have to do as much as you would in another role because, you know, all you have to kind of do and let it go is just do this with your hand and then a huge ice effect happens. So it's sort of, it's, it's yeah. it's insane. It's you never feel, and I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing yet. You never feel more beautiful than you do in that ice dress. So now I'm like, well, I've peaked. <laughs> um, we're done. Yeah, we're done. That's it. Um, you know, it was yeah. Frozen was one of those soundtracks that you that I listened to and just was like, oh my god, it would just be the dream of dreams to be able to sing this. And you know, if I kind of, I guess, I never thought of it as like. Um, you can't approach Let It Go as, well, I can't approach Let It Go as like, this is the song that everybody knows that they had Adele Dazeem singing in their head for a thousand years. So it's, I think she just has such an incredible story and, you know, like the interaction she gets with the other characters. Again, it's like everyone just approaches her and she kind of just takes it as it comes. And yeah, it was, it's kind of indescribable. And I, you know, I got a couple of goes at it. So I kind of got to understand the pace of her and, yeah, it's exhausting and so fulfilling and she's she's the best. Elsa's the best. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, um, you know, how do you go about preparing to understudy a role such as Elsa? Like, what did you do to prepare for the role? And did you just get chucked in or did, were you prepared was, beforehand? I mean, half a chucked in situation. It was, I mean, I spent the month sort of leading up to rehearsals uh you know singing it through with my singing teachers and you know rehearsing um you can't, we didn't get the script till the first day but um you can't you know you kind of get a general idea just based on the soundtrack sort of what some of the lines are in the context mm. of everything um but because of um yeah. you know we we wanted the workplace to be um as safe as possible so they let us know very very quickly in rehearsal who was going to be first rehearsed and who was going to be second rehearsed so then that way we could get on top of it because you know all it takes is you have a runny nose and you can't come into work because you need to go and get COVID tested so they kind of wanted to cover their own bases there um so they let uh let me know really early and then we did some rehearsals it was I've never had a more intense rehearsal process because not only were we (laughs) rehearsing the ensemble stuff for the show, but then they were getting yeah. uh, myself, Kim, Brendan, um, Mitchell in to then rehearse the cover stuff after rehearsals on top of everything else. Right. So, oh, and you know, like okay. it's, we're in an empty concrete room, so there's only so much you can do. But then when I did get thrown on, um, you kind of just, you only find out like three hours beforehand. So I kind of felt like I had covered all my own bases and knew the songs and knew the lines and knew the spots, but you you have to get teched into everything. So the day that we did it, or I went on for the first time, you have to come in and you have to practice, um, you know, like the ice dress reveal and you have to make sure that you don't get hit by the spikes in Monster and stuff like that. So they're kind of, you know, there's yep. lots of things. <laughs> you have to kind of be... Um, very relaxed and I think I'm quite lucky in the sense that when I need to go on or like something bad's happening I go like weirdly zen and kind of chill which is great because 
when they're like, yeah. cool, so we need to do a makeup test on you and then you need to run upstairs and we need to do the ice rest reveal and then you need to go back downstairs and make sure that your shoes fit and you need to do the – it can it's, – it's a lot. The first time you go on is always um, very hectic and you quite often don't get a lot of time to think. So, um, you know, I just did made sure I knew every single spot and everything – as soon as possible so then it was the last thing I had to think about so then all I had to think about when I went on was just enjoying it because you are playing Elsa in Frozen so why wouldn't you want to enjoy it as opposed to thinking about oh I should be standing on eight am I standing (laughs) in my light what's going like you I don't want to be thinking about that I just want to be doing it so I just made sure I knew everything (laughs) as quickly as possible just yeah making sure that's all like just as set into your brain as it can correct and just singing it in and just making sure that you know obviously they're high really you know they're not the walk in the park songs so to sort of get those in as much as you can because adrenaline does you know do great things for you but so that, just so you don't really have to think yeah. about it you have to think about that last note and let it go because it's the last note and let it go but making sure yeah. everything else yeah. is sort of teed up for success <laughs> so then when you do have to think about something it just is there and you're ready to go yeah you do you would want to be able to enjoy mm-hmm. it and I guess a part of Frozen and you get to sing so much in the show. I think there's probably very little that you don't get yeah. to sing. What is your favorite number in the um, show? I think in the in the ensemble I re- like I really enjoy sort of if the opening and the end are both probably the most enjoyable. I mean, we always spoke about with the creatives in rehearsals that um, you know, if you were to finish the show it would be one of those things of everything goes back to normal and then you could immediately start the show again and then it goes back to once there was a family, it should start straight away. So I think yeah. they both have the same kind of um, joy and love. So I really like both of those. But when, you know, it's the one point of the show because the show is quite dark once Elsa releases her powers and everything's very icy. And um, so to sort of have the opening where there's a big wall reveal of all of the um, – uh, Arendellians behind the wall and it's kind of all yeah. the lights are quite bright so we actually can see the whole house at that point which is really really lovely oh, wow. um, and then sort of you know then we play around with the maypole and you're spinning around so you can't really you're like I need to be spotting as opposed to looking at the audience but then the same thing happens at the end when we sort of sing the <laughs> let it go reprise uh, and uh, all the the sun comes up over the mountains in the background and everything goes really light again and we're yeah. sort of just you know screaming out let it go and the same thing the house is all lit and you kind of can see kids like bopping along and it's it's a really it's a really lovely moment it's really sweet I mean the whole show is amazing I have to I have a soft spot for and I'm not ever gonna say it right because I keep being corrected but Huga yeah Huga I always say it how it's spelt but that is because I saw that Mm -hmm. on Broadway and I was like at first I was like Oh, you know, it's just like the fun mm-hmm. little song. And yeah. like it is. But, and also the, <laughs> I won't give anything away, but right at the very end <laughs> of that song, when you all come back yes. on stage, it's very funny to look around and go, I'm an adult, so this yes. is okay. But then look around and you see the parents being like, <laughs> what do we do? Do we just... They probably won't notice, right? I think I think it's a look, we won't give it away so people can come and see what it is, but it's um it's a yeah. really fun, yes. like tongue in cheek moment. And I think yeah. that's something like that number in particular um has really evolved since the Broadway company and the national tour. And I um the show in in itself has changed a lot and has had a lot of upgrades and but the creators were very adamant on making sure that the personalities of the people playing the roles and the ensemble and how they work is put into um, their version of the show. So, you know, like one of Blake who plays Oaken, who's one of my, like, dearest friends, is completely different (laughs) to the guy who originated the role of Broadway. And so it it is a lot more cheeky and fun and it kind of, that kind of trickles down through the whole company in that number. So we all, once we get out there, it's very very fun and you know the setup for it and sort of just waiting backstage being like okay come on 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 because then you know it's yeah it's, it's the beginning of act two and Blake sets it up so well and so by the time we get to our entrance in that number everyone's like okay let's go let's go let's go like it's it's very fun to do yeah yeah Hugo's always really fun it's it's and it's such a great way I think it really like you end on a really mm-hmm. high note 
and then you have intermission. I find that always after intermission, you're kind of like, okay, like we're coming back now. It's such, it's probably one of the best ways that I've experienced to like come back into the show. It's a great opener. It's such a good opener. And then it's followed almost, you know, there's the lovely duet and then Fixer Upper comes and, um, you know, people say the same thing about Fixer Upper because it comes out of nowhere. The scene beforehand is just Elsa and Anna on stage in this beautiful, you know, like just ice scape of the castle. And then all of a sudden there's like, 30 cast members on stage running around in Fixer Upper. And I think that's also why people yeah. love Hooga so much is because they don't expect that many people <laughs> to come out on stage at the beginning of Act 2. Well, I think we might take a little break from the mm-hmm. frozen life yeah. just for now. And we might do a little bit of a game. Oh. So Tori has organised a game for us. Yes. So Sam, you and I will be competing oh, against, against each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tori, do you want to explain the game? Yes. So this is, once again, one of our semi-usual lyric mm-hmm. challenges. Um, so pretty much the point of this one is not to finish the lyrics. I'm pretty much going to give you a lyric and you need to tell me the name of the song and the oh, show it's no. from. And so you're both you're both going to get I two turns at this worry. before we will do a tiebreaker oh, at the end. Okay. And I guess... Hmm. Oh, I'm so bad at these. I'm ready. I'm ready. Maybe maybe oh. today's the day. <laughs> you've, you've got this. It's You've got this. And you should get this. Although many of people have then rebutted why I feel like they should un- why should they should get it. But it's it's fine. I'm, I'm but going sometimes you anyway. hear lyrics out of context and you're like, I know what this is, but I don't know what this is. This is going to be awful. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who wants to go first? Not me. <laughs> I think Libby. Okay, yeah. Okay, Libby, go first. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay, so Libby, your lyrics are, I know you're scared. Nevertheless, think of the people you want to impress. I should have gone first. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like this is... Wow, I can't like... You know what I mean? The context is not there right now. Um, Is this Frozen? No. <laughs> no. No? Not, not slightly. I'm like... This doesn't seem like Frozen at all. Um, Come on, Libby. Um, kinky Boots? No. No? It's Take It Like a Man from Legally Blonde. Oh, my God. <laughs> I literally was just like, I actually have no clue right now. It's hard out of context. That's yeah. so hard. Oh, my gosh. Everyone's sitting at home going, I know this. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was probably yeah. one of the harder ones, honestly. It's but halfway through a verse. It's not like it's the beginning of the song. So that was a tough one. Yeah. Well, Libby, you were currently on zero, but we will move okay. across to Sam. Woo! <laughs> all right. Don't want to be another star-crossed lover. We all know how that ends. I'm better off without him. We're better off as friends. Uh, um, <gasps> uh, I can hear it. Uh... Uh, it's pretty. Uh, oh, it's um, it's Kinky Boots. What a uh, Charlie! What's the song called? Yeah. Um, uh, I know what it is. <laughs> this is. I can't believe I don't know the name of the song. Um, oh, History of Wrong Guys. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Good job. Oh, I literally, was cycling like, through oh all gosh, the lyrics. Like, What's the next one? Is the next one? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, you we did, did it. You we did got it so well. <laughs> Okay, so you got this. You are on one point, Libby. It's back over to you. Okay. If you don't get this one, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> All the lights are misty in the river. In the darkness, the trees are full of starlight. This is Les Mis. It is on my own. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally like, I was yeah. like, sorry, sorry. I love the revelation <laughs> of. Good. <laughs> You're on one all. All right. Guys, I've come back. Okay. Okay. Sam, do you want an easy miracle? Do you want to lose uh, a pound uh, Whipping the shape, Legally Blonde. Then I know what this can... is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't even finish the lyrics. It's the only number in the show I wasn't in. So I knew I could, I remember hearing those. <laughs> I mean, technically at this point, Sam has one, but we're going to do we'll the tiebreaker anyway. We'll anyway. And so the way that this works is you're going to buzz in with your name. Oh, do I keep on running? Oh, uh, Sam. Ah. 
That's mean. This is from the show. I mean, this is monster. <laughs> it is. I was like, is this? I was like, is this a monster? And then I was like, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, bing. <laughs> but hilariously, I almost went bing after you said, don't say bing. I was like, damn. Yeah, that's my that's monster. That's my favorite song in the whole show. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it when I first saw it. Oh yeah, it's a big turning point for Elsa. And I think it's the number that actually brings adults into it a lot more because it becomes a lot more serious and a lot more relatable very quickly yeah so um we did want to see i guess because you're so busy at the moment you've Mm. got so much going on you're in frozen so what does it look like for a day in the life of sam like what what's your day-to-day routine looking like at the moment um so if it's not a double show day because if it's a double show day you pretty much just get up do the show and then go home um it's sort of uh, you know, a late wake up for most people, but I'm sort of up at like eight thirty ish, nine o'clock. Because I'm, I at the moment I'm um staying with my parents, um in the Shire, so it takes me like yeah. an hour to get home oh, from nice. the show. So I'm sort of like not really going to bed until like eleven thirty, twelve o'clock. Um, so yeah. uh, yeah, waking up around like eight thirty, nine o'clock immediately having coffee um because i i really i wish i wasn't that person but i do not function without coffee um and then going to the gym i'm either doing uh like a pilates class or doing some personal training uh with a close friend of mine Stu. hi Stu. um and um because the costumes (laughs) in the show are very heavy in both elsa's and the ensemble costumes some of the ensemble costumes are like 10 plus yeah. kilos it's unbelievable so yeah oh, just wow. think of when we're doing wide out at the end that we're wearing two layers of like five or six kilo costumes yeah. on top of each other um so oh, you know and there's God. just a lot of um you have to do a lot of maintenance just to make sure you want to make sure you're at the top of your game and I um don't have the greatest knees in the world from a, an old knee injury so I kind of um make sure I do some kind of something functional um, like Pilates or personal training, just to make sure everything's kind of kicked into gear. Um, and then sort of midday is either um, I'm either going to get coffee with a friend or I'm doing a singing lesson, sort of I've been doing my singing lessons on Zoom. Um, and then I come in pretty early to the theatre. If we have a 7 o'clock show, we have to be in here at 6 for the hour and I'm kind of here at like 4.45, 5 o'clock because I like taking my time. Um, so I'll listen to a podcast or something on the way in, on the drive in. Um, and then sort of sitting down, I like prep all my food because it's easier. Um, and then just sort of sit at my desk and like slowly put my face on as I eat my food and, um, pretty much it. And then if it's a double show day, it's like get up at 8.30, go and do a class. I have to work out before the double because by the time you get to the second one, your body sort of is like, what are you doing? So you need to make sure you've actually turned some things on and yeah make sure it works and then it's pretty much come here do the show have a break in between um I always make sure I try and go out and see green or be in the fresh air for at least like an hour regardless of how many shows I have that day just because um uh, yeah. there are no windows as much as we love being in the theater there are no windows inside so you do you come inside and you lose track of time very easily so I try and make sure I at least go for a walk or something and yeah. go outside oh, yeah. um and then uh you know have lunch do the second show go home it's pretty it's it's pretty good sounds like a good a good day yeah. especially like um you yeah. gotta look after yourself and it's really good I mean I'm the same if I'm ever doing a show I always get there so early because it just like puts everything at rest and you've got so much time you don't have to be rushing around and uh, yeah and then you get and if we've got cover calls and stuff you need to like take your time getting ready for the show so you can't like because you need to unwind I mean for me anyway it's sort of you like uh, Elsa it's great and you end the show um you know like lovely and joyously but like you know she does end up in floods of tears at some point in the show so you kind of do need a little bit of time to like go outside and have a reset and then take your time getting ready and um you know there are some people um yeah we have a, a running joke in the dressing room that one of the girls um who we love and adore Adele literally rocks up at like if, if our, our call is at 12, she'll rock up at 11.58 and that's her pre-show routine. We all have different pre-show routines, but I just have to rock up like an hour before the hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah. stressful. Oh, my gosh. But I guess uh, oh, speaking yeah. of cold mm. things, that was a really Loved it. Get it. On my part. So you were <laughs> part of Jack Frost, yes. the musical in 2020, mm-hmm. which is a new Australian musical. What? 
was it like working on a completely brand new show? It's so cool. Um, it's always something um, I've wanted to do. And I've done a couple of, you know, prior to that, I'd been a couple, uh, a part of a few like workshop readings or like a one day sort of performance of a show, but I'd never sort of been yeah. able to be a part of a process of sort of creating a character. So that was really fun. I mean, it was a shame because yeah. we literally did one show because COVID. Um, we did our opening and closing performance in one day, um, which was a bit of a shame. But, you know, the show's being reworked and um, is going through rewrites and workshopping and stuff like that. So it'll, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be around again. Um, but it was really fun. Um, you know, the character I play, Violet, was, um, you know, really bold and really brassy and just sort of very unapologetically herself, which is great. And not that too dissimilar from Elle, actually. So it was a kind of ni- a nice little transition into that one um yeah but it's it's really fun and sort of getting to put your own um sound and your own stamp on material before it's released is is really quite wonderful and um joseph major uh, desmond who wrote most of the book and the lyrics and everything well, actually he did all of it um he was so good at you know if i came in and was like oh i kind of think that this might be really good he'd be like yeah let's try it like it was very um within reason because you know it's somebody's baby so you don't want to move it too much and I love an option up so you have to kind of pick your moments but um you know it's (laughs) it's nice to go into a process being like oh I kind of think what what do you think about this or what how do you feel about Violet being this way or singing this little bit instead of this and it's it's very rare that you kind of get to play that much which is it was very it was very fun and I hadn't worked with anybody in the cast before so it was sort of completely fresh people which made it that much more fun so it was great I loved it and it definitely sounds like it would have been obviously like you said within reason a really collaborative process yeah you do get to make your little mark with how however big or small is make your little mark on that character that you know whether you get to portray that character or in 30 years time you get to see somebody else portray it you know that of oh, that little thing correct that me being like oh that little like mm-hmm. character reference that we put in there or that little like yeah that's kind of fun being like that's that's the thing that I did and um you know and it's sort of like when you see something like that in the future it's like it's not only your own it's you you know uh uh the director and the book writer and it's sort of a you know again collaborative effort yeah um, but sort of getting to work that closely with people and having everybody sort of in the same mindset and on board was was very cool and was very sad that COVID cut it short. <laughs> but yeah. hopefully there will be a purple yeah. power suit in my future again. Let's see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I think yeah. so. I think so. Let's hope mm-hmm. so. Now, another show you did do was Kinky yeah. Boots, which what a fun show that oh, it was is. Oh, so fun. It is so good. Um, did you ever get the chance to wear some of those stunning heels? Well, um, I did in the finale. So in the when we all come out, I don't know, mm. I don't want to spoil too much for people that haven't seen it, but when we all come out sort of in the quote-unquote fashion show, um, at the yeah. end I am wearing sort of like um, a slightly – different version of the red boots like I had the same red leather material so I was like oh my god I'm wearing the boots and you know but except gorgeous Callum Francis his feet are about this big and mine are I have yep. teeny <laughs> tiny feet somewhere in my height so they looked so out of proportion it was hilarious but I got my own sort of like pat take on the red boots which was very very cool but you know like watch even just watching them come out on the conveyor belt halfway at the end of act one and sort of seeing them come out it's like yeah we're doing kinky boots like it was always really (laughs) really really fun it was really good I loved them and I just loved looking at Callan's very very intelligent actor but also just like a very attractive man and those boots just oh so it was very fun just watching him walk around I was like you can wear those I'm gonna wear my version I'm just gonna watch you parade around and be the best (laughs) and so Obviously, we've kind of already spoken, but you played out mm-hmm. in Legally Blonde. Yeah. What was your, you know, she's a very energetic, mm-hmm. high energy character, and she has a lot of really high energy numbers mm-hmm. alongside a lot of high belting. Yes. What did you, and like, what was your routine getting to be able to have the stamina required to play Elle? Um, look, I think I. Again, Legally Blonde was one of those soundtracks I listened to growing up and was like, oh, my God, I just would love to do it. So the ch- the fact that the chance even came up to be able to be 
Elle Woods and Legally Blonde. I, I knew exactly how I wanted to sing it from before I even di- went in and did the audition with Mikey Ralph. Um, yeah. And so I had kind of basically sung it in before I'd even got there because, and also the great thing with um, Michael Ralph, because he was directing it and choreographing it was that he kind of was able to play to my strengths um, as a dancer and also, but also play to my stamina. So he was like, I know the show very well. And in what you want, um, you know, we did our own version of, I think in the original production, she does the tap dancing and then she gets lifted up in the air and then she sort of struts across. And so, um, Mackie was like, um, yeah. you know, you, you're, you're trained. Do you want to, do you know how to play the harmonica? And I was like, no, nope, but I'll, I'll do that. Um, so then instead of tap dancing, I played the harmonica and then, uh, instead of getting paraded across the stage, I did ribbon <laughs> dancing cause I have some form of technique as a dancer. So I was doing double turns and then did a little split jump into a thing and then finished in a mount because why wouldn't you? Um, yeah. uh, but because <laughs> he, he knew how, my body functioned I kind of was able to he was always very good at being like you can catch your breath here for a minute so you can power through this number in the best way possible but there was just I spent a lot in the very cliche way there was a lot of time on the bike like in the show where they did the search for Elle Woods I didn't sing and (gasps) do the bike at the same time like they did in the show um but I tried to do as much cardio as I could because she does not leave the stage does not leave the stage and costume changes were happening behind sets and literally, um, you know, like in the hallway before going back into the audience. And so I just was like, I need to be able to basically go for two and a half hours without stopping. Cause then an interval, as you can see, my hair is dead straight. So then I had to spend interval recurling my hair, um, because I used my hair, um, cause why not? I was blonde. Um, and yeah, so it was just, if I didn't, get the cardio up in the months beforehand and just have it sung in so I didn't have again didn't have to think about it it would uh, it would never have happened (laughs) she is so high energy and such a fantastic role and you've had so many amazing roles that you've gotten to uh, perform within theatre a lot of amazing leading ladies in a lot of incredible ensemble Mm -hmm. roles what what has been the greatest lesson you've learnt so far in your journey in the industry Um, I think, look, I've learned a lot from the people that I've covered over the years. And, you know, I think um, it's no different now to when I first covered, you know, the first show I did when I did Rock of Ages, I was 17. So I learned a lot of stuff on the job. Um, and I think being able to um, take in information and listen to your peers and listen to your superiors is a really big thing because I think a lot of the time you can get tunnel vision um, and sort of not take in information that's being thrown at you, which probably for the most part of the industry people, it's going to be pretty good advice. Um, but it's, yeah. you know, learning a lot from the people I've covered has been a bit, you know, this is the second time that I've covered Gemma and it's, I covered her um, in Ghost and it's, you know, having a good relationship with the person you cover, I think is really, really important, but just, um, you know, taking it in and sort of listening to what they have to say about the character. And um, it's, you can always learn from other people. Um, I guess, I don't know. Oh, I mean, just sort of knowing rules of theatre. I know that sounds really silly, but um, if you're getting into your first show, actually understanding how things work is like really important. So like, you're not supposed to leave the theatre with your mic and your wig on to go to the Seven Eleven to get a snack, um, which I mean, definitely, wink, wink, didn't happen to me. Definitely didn't do that. <laughs> um, you know, it just, you, it's, you know, being nice is always really important too and um, making sure that you're good to work with and being nice and being someone who is open to criticism and is easy to work with um, gets you really far. Um, and just being yeah. respectful to everybody, like, you know, crew, sound, mechs, lighting, the management, um you know, I'm always throwing around as a joke, you know, hashtag happy to be here, easy to work with, but it's so true. It's, you know, being a, being a good person and being an open person also makes you a more open actor and it, you know, listening to people and making sure you are respectful of the people around you is always really, it's yeah, just be a nice person. (laughs) Be a nice person. (laughs) And I guess to kind of end things off, 
COVID is a big thing, and I think a, a lot of um, I know a lot of people studying kind of came out of study right as COVID happened. Yeah. So, what would be some advice you could possibly give to performers coming out of COVID about navigating the theatre and the industry in kind of this new way? I think um, take your time. Like you have number one, you have more time than you think. And also, you know, you've come out of training through a pandemic, but also the people who are putting on shows and are producing things for the first time, they're also coming out of a pandemic. Um, So I think Mm -hmm. making sure that you take the time to make sure you're okay, not only, you know, professionally and and making sure that your skills are up to date, but also making sure that you're a whole human. So you are the best version of yourself to put out there to people is really important. I think I, a lot of people used COVID to sort of slow down. And I think that was really beneficial to a lot of people that I know just to sort of, you know, there's little things that, creep up on you that you don't deal with or you push aside because you're like I'm just going to run and I'm going to audition for the show and I'm going to you know our industry is very fast-paced and very hectic and I think um, the positive of COVID is having the time to um, put yourself together and work on yourself Um, you know even if it takes you an extra couple of months to work on your book work on an audition book and get a good monologue out there and take more classes while you have the time and you know that doesn't mean don't audition for things it's just um you see people who are you know very comfortable and very true to themselves work a lot more than people who are scattered um and don't really know what direction they want to go in um i think yeah not being scared of the time that you actually have because i i used to always think that time is running away from me and i just was like oh i've got to i have to do this thing and if i don't get here by a certain date it's you know my my timeline and my map and you know it's you you have time and you should be enjoying the time that you have. So making sure that you're putting your best self forward and using that time in the best way. And do you know what? Sometimes that downtime and using that is just being like, I actually don't have the capacity to go to this class today. I think it's going to be more beneficial for me to sit at home and meditate and do a class, like, you know, maybe do the class next week or something like that is also a form of self-improvement. It doesn't have to be, yeah. you know, going to every dance class and burning yourself out. And that's a big thing, especially all of the company at Frozen have spoken about going from not doing anything and then jumping straight back into eight a week. It's, it's taking like, you know, it's taken a toll on people and you have, we've, it's, you know, you don't, I didn't expect it to be as difficult as it was, but it was, you build up a stamina and you build up a resistance to the negative stuff in the industry. So I think coming in and making sure that you are ready is more important than just being like, I'm going to go, let's try. Just, yeah. Yeah. Being, being you and your version of success is going to be different to somebody else's version of success. So I think always making sure that you are happy with everything that you're doing and also making sure that, you know, on a, if you want to go, Hey, I'm going to try and be a leading lady. Don't wish away your time in the ensemble or, you know, that first gig that you do. And, you know, like I still think so fondly of all those first, um, you know, like Twisted Broadways and, you know, industry, theatre people, industry nights and stuff like that because I think at the time you can very much be like, oh, this is good and this will get me this or, you know, maybe somebody will see this video and say that I am in the industry because I'm in an industry night and it'll get me this thing and then you actually forget about the event that's happening at the time and I think yeah. making sure that you are enjoying everything as you go is really, really important because you do think you're running out of time and so you wish away the things you're doing at, the, at currently yeah. and thinking about the next thing. That's some really great advice. I think that's something (laughs) to take away. Anyone listening who is uh, in that position, take that away because that is very true. (laughs) Now, before we leave and before we finish up today, we Mm -hmm. thought we would end with our segment called Bedtime Stories. So this is any (laughs) stage mishap, anything that's happened on stage and you have a bit of a story for us. Oh, God. I mean, I've got – I have – so many stories I had to when you said we were going to do this segment I literally I spoke to my partner and was like what story do I tell like (laughs) I mean live theater is really unpredictable I mean we've had I've got a main one but you know there's so many of when I was doing King Kong you know like he he was we were the guinea pigs for that production and so things would break all the time and there was a time I was on for Anne and I got stuck out the front of the theater and you know um you know in Rock of Ages we were dealing with you know quote-unquote fake 
alcohol and bottles would smash and I fell off the bar and you know there's so many things I think that one that I always think of though is it is during Rock of Ages um and it was when I went (laughs) when I was going on um for Sherry covering Amy La Palma for the first time uh and it was during that first week and I kind of hadn't really had a rehearsal uh going on I kind of just like sat Yvette down in the chair when I found out I had to go on I was like great can you just sit there and I'm going to walk around the stage and just do a really fast whiz bang version of the show and just go so there were lots of things that we didn't really get the chance to rehearse one of mm-hmm. them being um a song that uh Sherry sings with Stacey Jacks who was played by um wonderful gorgeous late great Michael Falzon and um we were during rehearsals and um beforehand he they sort of do this duet where essentially sherry like beats him up during the number as it's going um and the right. shape of the stage uh which i don't i know that realize that people can't see but it sort of looks like an m so it had like a point in the center and then there was sort of like an empty okay. bit of stage and an empty bit of stage so a lot of the time you sort of you know in the ensemble stuff i would do a jump in the air and have to jump over this little teeny tiny gap in the stage so it's very <gasps> very tight and there's a point where she gets to the end of the number and she goes to leave and Stacey Jacks is, um, you know, what are you doing? I've got more dancing coming, Rachel. And then Sherry has to punch Stacey Jacks. You can see where this is going. So I went to run away. He pulled me back. And when he pulled me back, I kind of stumbled. And so he very graciously sort of came towards me. And then I realized out of my peripherals that I had nowhere to go. Um, there was a chair behind him, other actors behind him, and I was standing right on the point of the stage and I couldn't lean back because in a normal circumstance, you just take a step back and lean back and then not swing, you know, it's so hard in a stage punch, but I had nowhere to go. And I literally just looked him in the eye and was like, I have no room. I'm going to lean back, but I'm going to hit you. And I just like went <gasps> bang and was like, it's Sherry or whatever the line was and clocked him like. I try. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I, I just like it wasn't like I didn't. Luckily, luckily, it wasn't bad. Like I didn't break his nose, and like he didn't have a really bad nosebleed or anything like that. But it was like still enough that he like I, he was in huge amounts of pain, and I felt so bad. I felt so awful. But it was just this thing of me leaning back, being like, "Oh my god, it's happening! I have nowhere to go," and just watching the punch. <laughs> in slow motion just hit him because I couldn't even I was that close that I couldn't even sort of fake Crazy. enough room between my nose like I couldn't pretend to even go close to my face I was like oh just standing no. there being like I'm I'm going to punch you <laughs> and it, look, was he was, it was for theater it was for the theater <laughs> he was very lovely and like I bought him a bottle of wine afterwards and I just was like <laughs> oh and I and it was but it was very fun because it was in the matinee and then I had to do another show that day and so then oh, when we no. got to that part the next show we were standing so far away from each other <laughs> that you're like you the, go over there he was like please <laughs> it not was again the, it was the not worst again. stage punch I've ever done the following show because I literally was standing a away from him and eventually was like yeah we gotta fix that now so we like went and rehearsed it <laughs> afterwards but oh I felt so awful and like to be fair it was just something that happened Amy also got him once or twice in the run and it was just oh I think that's the worst one that's the one that made me feel very terrible very very terrible yeah <laughs> it doesn't feel good punching no. anyone but it's okay <laughs> no well that was an amazing story <laughs> and you have been a, a, such a phenomenal guest thank you so so much for taking the time to to sit down with us and and have a chat thanks for having me guys my pleasure so guys don't forget to obviously check out frozen while yes. you can whilst it's in sydney and if not now you can check it out when we go when they go Yay. to melbourne um and of course don't forget to Follow Sam on social media. She is sam.hagen with a double M um, on Instagram. So make sure you check her out. She does also have a website because she does also do coaching as well. I'm hoping to be able to get back into the coaching very soon. I'm just waiting until sort of Elsa cover calls calm down and then hopefully we can get back into that. Yeah, when things get to that more kind of relaxed point in time. But thank you so, so much for being here and... Thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, But until next time, stay happy, healthy and safe.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and we hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and to send us your bedtime stories and stage door Sunday pics. We also would love to hear your feedback on the episode and what you'd like to hear from us in the future. You can let us know on our Instagram at ps.stagedoorpod, via our email at ps.stagedoor.podcast at gmail.com or contact us via our website psstagedoorpodcast.com. We love hearing from you and we will see you next time. Bye! Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.